listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan, brought to you in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear. They have locations up and down the front range. If you're an outdoor enthusiast, check one out. Let's go to the phones. And joining us, a new contributor to the show, Neil Wilkinson. Good morning, Neil. Hey, Terry. How you doing? I'm doing well, and your um, you're guiding business is Rocky Mountain Adventure Guides. Is that right? Yes, sir. Yeah, and you know, Neil, we've you and I talked during the week, and I've for a while now wanting to get somebody to give us some reports from the southern front range, especially Pueblo Reservoir. Um, we get a lot of information up north here and in the metro area and then in the mountains, but sometimes we, we and I think Pueblo is one of the premier warm water fisheries in the state, so we're glad to have you on board so we can talk about that once in a while. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. So what is going down? First thing everybody asks this time of the year in all Colorado lakes are the water levels. Well, right now, Pueblo's as high as, uh, as I can ever remember it being at this time of year. We've had so much rain. And so it's fishing. So the conditions are a lot more like spring as far as the water level is concerned. But um, there's still massive shad hatch as usual. And so fish are really starting to suspend a lot down at the lake. You know, we're going to get into what those shad are doing and how you're finding the walleyes and even the bass and chasing them. But it's it's amazing when water levels change. You know, you and I live in the Colorado for years, and we fish all over the country. You do tournament fishing at some of the top tournament circuits in the United States, and we travel and fish. And you go to other parts of the country, and like I would just spend a couple weeks in northern Minnesota, and if the water levels are off, a foot or two, they have a panic attack up there. Here we deal with water that sometimes changes 20, 30, 40 feet, and the lakes change, and you really have to take that into account as you approach the reservoirs, don't you? Oh, yeah, there's a big difference. I've spent the last five years traveling on the National Walleye Tour, and um, you go to some of those lakes, and like you said, they get all concerned about the, the, the water dropping one foot or you know, I'm so used to huge fluctuations where I fish. It's like almost being on a different planet. It does make you change your game plan, and it spreads the fish out, but it's good and healthy for the fisheries. Let's start with the walleye at Pueblo. Um, what's going on with them right now? Well, the shad hatched right about uh, mid-July, which is normal. And usually from, I don't know, mid-July to about the first week in August, fishing suffers quite a bit because there's just such a glut of bait in the system, but things start to stabilize and everything starts to suspend. So what we've been doing for really the last three weeks is I've been trolling wood core with very small crankbaits, you know, number fives, um, mostly shad wraps and um, flicker shads. And um, I like leg core because I can follow the contours. That's the Pueblo is a very vertical lake. If you, anybody fishes there, um, you get up close to the sides, you know, you have all kinds of little saddles and humps. And right now, the fish are suspending anywhere from about 25 to 35 feet deep. It, it differs from day to day. And what you can do is if you curl leg core, you can track those ridges. I try to bounce my crankbaits right off the side of those humps. And then I turn around and I come out wide and try to get the ones that are suspended off of it. So even if you're not a troller, if you have good sonar, and you can see the fish off the side of those humps and those sunken trees you can get right above them and jig 
Um, right now, it, you know, it's, that's not the best way to approach it. But like I said, this is trolling season for us, and it'll probably continue that way all the way through September. Yeah, it's a, it's what happens, and I've seen it happen in so many lakes up and down the Front Range here, where we get those big shad hatches. <clears throat> Excuse me. Another great example of that used to be Glendo, where people would go to Glendo in the early spring. The walleyes were in the trees, and then they'd pull back as the bait pulled back to the first maybe break line and they'd get them on jigs and bottom bouncers. And then about the end of June, people would quit fishing Glendo because they said the fish wouldn't bite anymore. Well, I remember going up there and doing a television show on 4th of July and uh, we just trolled. We were trolling five to 10 feet deep over 60 feet of water and we were just harvesting fish. It's just that because of that bait, that bait just, so much influences where those fish are, doesn't it? It really does, and that I've seen that up at Glendo. That's kind of where I cut my teeth was up at Glendo. And um, actually, Glendo fishes quite a bit like Puebla. I mean, there's subtle differences, but it's just a much bigger lake, of course. But I, one of the best days I've ever had was up at Glendo. It was like 100 degrees, and we were doing exactly what you were saying, you know, trolling the top 15 feet of the water column. And um, there was hardly any boats out on the lake that day. You're saying the fish at Pueblo right now are a little deeper than that. They're more like 20 to 30 feet? Yeah, that's they were the last week. Um, I mean, I, like I said, I usually, you know, it's a little different every day. Sometimes it depends, too, if it's cloudy. You know, at Pueblo, at Pueblo clouds really make a difference. When it gets cloudy, the fish will move up sometimes 5 to 10 feet from where they were. And also having a chop, of course, like in any place where you fish for walleyes, having wind really matters down there. And, um, like the other day I was trolling, uh, let's see, I had one line out six, six colors and one line out five colors. But the day before that I was using four and five. So it's, it's a little different every day. Yeah. And, you know, people who don't normally troll lead core, it takes a little time to understand and get used to it, but it's an incredible way to control your depth when you're trolling, isn't it? Yeah, it's my favorite. You know, if you fish in it, some of our lakes, you know, Pueblo is a good example, Pathfinder, parts of Glendo, Seminole, that are, you know, Hillland, Plateau, Reservoir type setting. Lots of times those fish are really concentrated on, on the exact spot. So, you know, the lead core tracks with your boat, and you can, once you've got them dialed in, you can repeat the same path time and time again and uh, really put a hurt on them when they're biting. I'll tell you what, folks, if you can find it, I don't know if they're still in print, but the original walleye concept books, um, I wrote a chapter just on using lead core like that on Western Reservoirs. It really is an effective way to troll. Well, I got you on the line, Neil. Uh, what about the bass and the wipers down at Pueblo? Well, we got into quite a few wipers in the spring. They, they, there was a lot of them. There's a, a young year class from like either a year or two ago that they planted that are all about two pounds right now. So we caught a lot of those in the spring and a few big ones. I think the biggest one we've got so far this year is nine pounds, which by Pueblo standards isn't isn't that big. And then all of a sudden they just kind of, you know, the, the lake started out kind of low for spring. The Arkansas River snowpack wasn't very good this year. and uh, But we've got so much rain the last two months that, like I said, I've never seen the water as high in August as it is right now. And I've kind of, to be honest with you, I've kind of lost contact with the wipers the last month. What I think is going on is I think they've moved up into all the shallow coves that were dry. And I think they're chasing bluegills. 
which is what they're they love bluegill and um I think that's where they are, and that's not where I'm fishing right now. So that's why, I think that's why I'm not running into them. But if you want to go wiper fishing, I would suggest you go in the evening. And uh, whether you're in a boat or on shore, fish all the major points and um, and humps that you know fairly shallow because they do come up in the evenings. And uh, I know some guys that are doing doing okay right now with Zara spooks, those kind of baits on the surface. Yeah, and a, and a nine ten pound wiper will pull your string, folks. But let me tell you, you'll know you got a fish on there. And when some of the big ones that can come out of Pueblo, wipers can be just a fun fish. What are the any idea what the bass are doing? The Pueblo has three species of bass. They have largemouth, smallmouth, and spotted bass. The smallmouth the most prolific, but the other two are there. You hearing anything? Yeah, I'm catching quite a few actually. Um, I'm not up in the coves right now, so I'm really not catching any largemouths. I'm sure I've heard the bass guys are, but out where I'm trolling, um, spotted bass tend to suspend a lot, and um, they're right out there with the walleyes and everything else. So I've been catching a lot of spots uh, while I'm trolling, and then anytime my lures come in contact to like a hump or saddle, anytime I bounce anything off the rocks, I catch you know smallmouths are everywhere on like it's anywhere where it's rocky. Um, if you're if you're a good smallmouth fishing fisherman, you still won't have any problem catching bass right now down at Pueblo. The problem is, is you got to work through a lot of little ones to get the good ones. You know um, what's going to happen here pretty soon. Well, in a month or two, when that lake starts cooling down, we're going to get into a spoon or jigging wrap type bite, and we'll get you back on and we'll talk about that. But that's a pretty reliable time for fishing, not only numbers but big fish at Pueblo, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's actually my favorite time of the year. Most of the jet skiers and the you know power boats and everything are gone. Um, I'm usually pretty actually pretty busy in October and November, and it's basically just you know I have like a honey uh, a, a list of spots that I hit during the day, and that's what I do. I have um, a couple of rods rigged with different size spoons, and then at least one rig rod rigged with a glide bait like a jigging wrap or you know Johnny Darter. And I just use, I use my sonar a lot, especially in the fall. You know, if I'm out fishing myself, I spend half of the day just graphing. And just, you know, once I find fish, I stop and I fish. When do you you think we might see that that spoon bite and that jigging wrap bite start to really get going down there? Will it be a little later this year because of the warm weather, or is it pretty reliable? The last three years, it started right in October, usually. It just depends when we start getting those cool nights and the water starts turning over. A, a, a good sign down there is when you start seeing shad floating on the surface dead. That's usually a sign that you need to move out deeper and fish, you know, that the spoon bites. That's what a spoon represents is just a dying shad. So um, a lot of people have forgotten about spoons because everybody's fishing the glide baits. But spoons, especially for big fish, are still a great option. I, I just like slapping. I've always enjoyed doing it, you know. I love spoons, too. In fact, I have a TV, I have a show on my YouTube channel, Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom, just on spooning up Pueblo. And I'll tell you what, when those fish gather up, um, you're going to not only see the walleyes, but you're going to see the wipers and the catfish and the bass, too. We uh, we catch a lot of big catfish in the fall. I had a week, two, two falls ago, I had a week where my customers caught five channel cats over 20 pounds. And one was 42 inches long, which is which tied the catch and release record. Um, my boga scale only went to 30 pounds, and when I tried to weigh it, it bottomed out my boga. So I'm guessing it was like 38, 40 pounds. 
And uh, well, there's, you let it go. But yeah, there's huge catfish in there. I want to talk to you more as we get closer to fall about that. Last one, real quick. We only got about a minute, but the crappies. Are the crappies doing anything this year? Well, you know, I'm catching a lot, uh, about half a dozen big crappies a day right now because I'm trolling over the tops of trees. So every once in a while I'll have them, and they're big ones too. Every once in a while I'll have, every while I'll have one come up and, and hit one of my crankbaits. I usually, personally, I usually don't fish for crappies a lot. I like to leave them alone in the spring so they spawn, but um, I fish for them in the fall, especially if I'm fishing just for fun myself. I keep always keep a couple of crappie rods in the boat, and um, I have a series of small humps and trees that are in fairly deep water, usually about 25 feet, and in the fall they load up. I mean, I have one spot where I can't even, there's like no space. My graph almost blacks out. There's so many crappie piled up in one spot. And so I, Neil, I do a lot of fishing in the fall, crappie fishing. Neil, we, we are out of time, Neil, but if people want to book a guide trip with you, how do they find you or where are you at on social media? You know, I do most of my business on, uh, I have a website, but most people find me through uh, Facebook. You can just go to Rocky Mountain Adventure Guide. And then I also have a sub page called Pueblo uh, Walleye and Wiper Fishing that they can go to. And I fish. I, that's where I put my fishing reports every day. And then uh, you, were, you were just talking to Brad. Brad and uh, Randy and I have a page called the Colorado Guide Report. And what we did is we split up the state into regions. I have the southeast. Randy's got the Dillon area, you know, Green Mountain Reservoir. Brad covers the northeast. And then we have a few other guys that contribute every once in a while to their regions. So, you know, you can find us. If you go to Rocky Mountain Adventure Guides, you'll see the links to all the sub-pages. And um, it's pretty valuable information because you got guides reporting just about every day. All right, my friend. We'll have you on again, certainly, as we get close to spooning time. That's one of my favorite times to fish. Thank you for joining us, Neil. Thank you, sir. Have a nice day. You bet. Neil Wilkinson. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back... We're going to talk to Colorado Parks and Wildlife about a unique stocking program on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 104.3 The Fans.